0: I'm back. (laughs) So like I mentioned, I knew that this was going to be a a conversation that was going to need to be digested in a couple of series. So I'm so excited to jump back on and continue the discussion where I left off. Again, thank you so much for connecting. This is Think Again and Be, and I'm your host, Dami. So to recap, I had talked about just the whole journey of paradigm shifts and manufacturing faith or learning to unmanufacture <laughs> faith, right? And doing all that freedom from that. Syncretic intellectualism, faith initiatives, and all of that that have been basically the last couple of episodes. Um, the target of our faith, the object of our faith. Oh, just the beauty of unwrapping all that. And journeying into really dissecting the difference between core faith and just the process of belief and unbelief and just how such things do manifest. So what we're going to pick up on today has been, you know, just understanding faith for exploits and then some that simply just are going to require initiative. And so I'm really excited to, to jump into this because, man, one of my fav- favorite um, personalities, right, of time Um, that, you know, there are many accounts in the Bible about his life, right, is going to be featured in this conversation. So let's go. So again, let me say this. Some things are going to require faith for a miracle. Yes, some things are going to require faith for great exploits. Some require taking initiative. Now, these guys had God already say, look, I'm going to give you this, this, and this. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go take it. It doesn't look like it. Now, keep in mind, though, even though he had given it to them and promised it to them and named it after them and their forefathers and the generations all the way to Jesus and to you today, okay, he did not bring it to their tent where they were asleep. So we're going to be talking about taking offense, not offense like being mad offense, but taking the offensive line. Okay, this is where I'm headed with faith. This is why I was saying in the other scripture when we read, when I read earlier in Matthew 17, he said, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. You will say, because what I see is happening with God's children, with you maybe and definitely has happened with me is this very passive, recessive I'm just going to stay bubbled up. I'm going to definitely be defensive. Defense is good because you can't have a good offense without a good defense. And the defense, of course, you know, definitely taking in that love of God, that affirmation of God, all the things that need to build you up, right? All those things that need to contain you and actually protect you and cover you and keep you, which is what God has done and is doing. Yet, I feel we sometimes get safe and comfortable in that place. And we actually begin to renege our responsibilities and actually put it on God. And when I say responsibility, it's it's your ability to respond to him. And because you're responding to him and to his greatness, you begin to see that same thing inside of you. And you begin to lengthen your cords, right? Like the verse says, strengthen your stakes. And you begin to take possession, take authority. And you begin to expand. You begin to step out. You begin to bring faith possibilities in this natural realm as you see it. But now sometimes because we're extremely intellectual now and we're comfortable, especially if you're in the Western world, there's so much safety and comfort, so many awesome things that we have to be thankful for. They're actually blessings of God. But because of that, we start to modify our doctrine and we get to personalize it maybe or experientialize it because maybe we didn't see things pan out in certain ways. So, Perhaps we just need to take this way about it. Oh, you know, maybe if God wills. Oh, maybe it wasn't in the right time or all of that. Why? Because we are just so afraid of not being able to have an answer for a disappointment. And I've been there. I know it. If things, if I declare and I stand for something and gosh, if it's not to the to the T, what? It's downright embarrassing sometimes. Sometimes, you know, but this is not the soldier that we've been called to be, because there are so many aspects to our faith where you are referred to as a child, as, as that beloved child. You are referred to as a bride, as a friend, but you're also a, a runner. And then you're also referred to as a soldier. And I feel like sometimes we are just waning in that as far as being able to gather and take exploits. You know, these spies were sent out and this whole nation was pretty much becoming a whole soldier nation. I mean, not everybody went to the war, but This was the kind of mindset they needed to have at this time. But it's so awesome to see that even the ones that spoke boldly to get that exploit going, they were connected to that root that I've been talking about. If the Lord delights in us and affirmatively, that is what it is. They knew that the Lord delighted in us because the Lord handpicked them, chose them, called alongside, right? So now, and I'm going to get on to the next person who does an amazing job with that as well. Totally inspiring. Um, David. (laughs) Ha ha ha, right? And I'm gonna talk about taking initiative because like I said, these guys, they had heard a word because sometimes it's just as much of a challenge to your faith to stand on a word that you received ahead of time, especially when nothing looks like it. It's it's just no different. All faith is faith. Because I remember when I experienced that in my life, it did not look like it at all. And I said, God, man, maybe you shouldn't have told me. Right. Like, could you not have told me that way? I'm not responsible for standing on this because it was really challenging. Nothing looked like it. And then when it happened, boom, it was incredible. I was embarrassed. (laughs) I was so like, it was just the goodness of God embarrassed me. I could not. I'm like, no way. Totally right and the timing ended up you know of course when you you think you're waiting you're like it's forever it's forever it's forever and then of course it happens and it seems like it happened too quick right <laughs> so um now there's the initiative one because i feel like sometimes we can weaken our own faith we can disarm ourselves by this overly bogging question of well did god tell you and did it and it becomes well surely did you hear did you not hear are you sure how do you know you heard and you know, these things come with the walk and the maturing and, and the intimacy. Like, there just isn't that formula. And I'm going to tell you why. So David, um, he goes after Goliath. He goes to actually bring up some provisions to his brothers who were in the battle. He was not in the battle. He was not, you know, in that in the military. And, um, you know, I like the way John says that he finds them in a very strange battle position, cowering behind and hiding. Like, no, this is not how we position ourselves for battle. But obviously, Goliath. And the Philistine army, they had confronted, you know, the, the children of Israel, their army and said, look, let's just do this. Fight me, one man, me, the giant against the whoever. And we'll just call it call it winner from whoever wins. Right. So nobody one, No one individual could take up this giant. And it was a whole scary situation. I want you to just meditate on that a little bit and not just see this as like another story and let it be a cliche in your mind. Like this was real. So he goes, of course, and he goes to bring provisions and he's finding out what's going on. And you know what? There is no account that says God told him to do that, right? He was just supposed to be there, mind his business, and maybe leave. But he took the initiative. He asked the question, and you know what else he did? He said, what will be given to the person who conquers this man, right? Like in, in a paraphrase. And let me just side note. Let me side note on this. Um The psalmist David, right? Because we think of him, I feel like some of us feel like, oh, he was just playing harps and singing beautiful songs, just a tender, romantic guy. You know, this is the man that's after God's heart. He's a shepherd as well, so he's tender and all of that. But here he was coming out as a warrior. What prepared him for that? Was it the intimacy with the Lord? This is someone who knew that the Lord was with him. This is someone who responded to the Lord's presence in spite of his possible offense because he could have been uh, offended and his possible hurt right why because this is a person who was rejected by people the story what we know of his life story in his early years is rejection from his family like there was some drama right and and his dad wouldn't even admit that he had another son right when samuel was looking for who to anoint as king and god told him in that house the guy is there and they wouldn't even show him. And he had to desperately ask and say, come on, is there anyone else? It's like, well, yeah, there's this one, the young one, you know, like he was just a reject. And I can just imagine how hurtful and painful that was. But somehow, somehow, you know, because I feel like sometimes we're being preached into our offense and our hurt, right? We're, 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 we're elevating that consistently beyond the fact that this how this guy somehow was able to tap into the presence of God who was with him all that time and was able to turn to intimacy with the lord right and so my conclusion um after even hearing about the disciple john who we know the disciple you know jesus loved that's what he called himself and he's the one that we call the one of love and he really emphasized love and i know that culturally too sometimes depending on where you're from it may just seem like ah love like come on let's get with the real stuff but the love that is of God, the, the love that is God, right, produces himself in us. And our God is wise to be all things when it's necessary, right? And so you have this God where when he needs a warrior, it's that same love, that produces that warrior personality in that beloved person of his, right? That disciple John was able to be the one that actually was standing at the cross of Jesus. You know, I loved when Just Prince kind of like expounded on that, like it just blew my mind to pieces and then put it back together again because it was like, you guys don't even immerse yourself into the reflection of this, Just think about what it would have been like at that time. All the other guys scrammed because, yes, by association with Jesus, they could have lost their lives. I mean, that's what Peter knew. That's why he denied him. Come on. Right? And they all ran away. But this guy was at the foot. And it was with the mom. Of course, the mom, like a mother's love, right? But he was there. And they could have just said, hey, you know what? You're with him, huh? Well, up you go, too. But there was a boldness that remained in this man. He wasn't just soft, a softy just because he was full of love. Love is more than that. Love is that when it has to be. But love is everything because love is God. God is love. So back to John, back to David. These are people that we see. As beacons of intimacy and love, having a revelation of love, and you see them producing warrior like behavior. David, in all the times where he's singing this music and romancing God and keeping his diary and the notes and all the things that he's going through the depression, the anxiety, the trauma, and then the praise and all the blah, 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 right? Everything that we could totally relate to maybe today, except that he really has a good job, does a good job of ending in praise and ending in speaking of the character and the nature of God, right? this guy responded as a warrior in that moment he did not use tenderness and softness as an excuse to pull back and say well you know maybe god is just going to be able to do it this way or the other no in that moment he took the initiative he did not say my god has told me this." he was offended with righteous indignation he was so mad that someone like this guy goliath would dare to insult the army of the living god and he ran towards the battle so Fooey on the thoughts that just need to be like why should i feel confident about something unless i feel like i have this voice from the sky that told me for sure you need to go after that we need to become more valiant we need to step out and take territory why because conviction rises in us in response to the goodness of our god and what he wants to do for his people and for other people who will follow them into this good land and so he goes after it he took initiative and that was the type of faith that was required of him in that moment that wasn't a miracle That was a valiant act of faith for a great exploit. Yeah, yeah, faith, yeah. He just had that simple strategy. He didn't go and try to be like someone else. He didn't try to wear the clothes that the big army guys wear. He was like, I'm not comfortable with this because he had some experience fighting those animals, protecting the sheep. And he said, I'm gonna use what I've been using and God will bless it. And so he gets on it, and he slings that stone, and down comes this guy, Goliath. And then he was able to take the sword (laughs) and cut off the head. If that sounds too gruesome, not spending enough time in the war zone, okay? So this man stepped into a corporate battle first for his people, but it was a personal one. And that's why you can expect the blessing in corporate and for yourself. This is what we're called to, individually and to a family. You know, the man asked, "What will be given?" I mean, he was like because he knows his God is good who rewards. He rewards, right? He knew there was a reward. So, man, let me encourage you. If the the, the if if there is faith projects that have been, you know, blocking the object of your faith, which is Christ. I hope that you heard the awesome things about the nature and the character of God today that will just draw you to the person, the one who delights in you, oh, the one who is attracted to you and is calling and beckoning you closer, the one who designed you in his image, made you the crown of creation, the one who basically did all of this just for you. And because he delights in you, because he wants relationship with you, By design and by desire, God created us, okay? That you would be drawn closer to him, sit in the laps and get to know him and know that that continues to be the source that you plug into for everything. First of all, for him, because we want to come to him for him, right? And then because life is to be lived, right? All of the outlets and whatnot, they require some valiance from you, yeah, a response to the goodness and the greatness of God that causes you to be convinced about exploits for Him. You know, so I've, if if I was to um, if I was really to to summarize a, a a verse right that I think really wraps us up amazingly, it's it's going to be Galatians five six. And I because I remember growing up before too, and I just would think that. This verse meant what I was explaining earlier, which is it's it ends with saying faith works by love. Right. It's um, Galatians 5, 6 says for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Right. None of that matters. All the things that you got to do to make yourself perfect, holy, acceptable and all that stuff it doesn't count anymore because all of that's been done and taken care in Christ alone right? He says, but only faith working through love. And isn't that it, right? Working through love. And of course, hearing that, because again, the same script that was playing before, I would easily say, oh, well then I got to get my love walk. I need to, because of course God does call us to love others, right? Um, and so I'm going to love well. I'm going to show the way that I, that I'm such a loving person. I'm going to serve people well. I'm going to represent and I should do all those things. You understand me? But my motivation thinking that it's my act of love, my performance of love, that's how it used to be is feeling like because of that, my faith is bigger. People see me as a person of faith and therefore I should be able to earn more opportunities to see miracles and wonderful things happen because my faith, right, my ability to see these things and have them come to pass, it's not going to work because, you know, it's going to work because I've done all this loving really well or it's not going to work because I haven't done this loving really well. And that's not what it meant. It's its me being able to receive this revelation of God's love see and understand that his love wants more for me than I can ever imagine or desire. His love has put into place everything to make it possible to see the exploits of faith take place. Faith in me is going to rise. It's going to work because I have received His love. I see his love. I'm convinced of his love. I trust in his love. And his love is undeserved and unmerited. I cannot earn it. I can't perform for it. Love, true love, can never be earned or performed for. It can only be received. And as I receive that love, of course, faith is going to rise in me and I will ask what I need to ask. I'm going to command the things I need to command and things happen. That's faith working through love. Yeah? not my work of love let me say that again but my receiving the revelation of his love god is love okay the object of this love of this faith excuse me is love and that love is jesus right because god is love and jesus is god right so i want you to let his love woo you and let his love convince you of his credibility over your credibility trust in his goodness and his kindness he is taking you from one level of exploring and discovering him and manifesting him, his glory, right? Taking from one level of glory to the other. From there, you will surrender in humility to believing him and renewing your mind as an act of worship right? From there, you become indignant against anything that opposes that, right? This, your trusted lover, who is the beginning and the end, right? The authority on love, the authority on justice, the authority on salvation, the total embodiment of wisdom and revelation, right? This person is the one that woos you and calls you. And so please repent, right? Of the old ways of thinking, of the pride or the ignorance or the piousness that's just in you, right? Or the fear, the even the passivity, the lax nature of how you're caring about your faith, right? Or people watching, right? The opinions of people that weakens your faith, the way things just work, the comfortable ways that have been padded around you, right? Or maybe the overstimulation to the media and thoughts and everything and just the exposure all of that right or from just the laziness of what's possible or 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 just uh, I I could go on and on because these are things that I definitely experienced and walked in but repentance of course is this change of mind and it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance as I see God's goodness I see God's motives I see God's exploits I'm able to change my mind and say man none of that stuff is worth it okay the the judgmentalism Right. And of course, I think sometimes what I call the silliness, this lack of clear communication between how we talk to God. Cause like I said, when it even comes to our faith and our belief and our prayer and all these things, the things that we want to leave to God because we don't want to take authority or the confusion we experience because, you know, we we're not is it God's will, is it not? And we have to see that faith rises in you when you have your object clear, which is Christ and love. I'm gonna say this a hundred times. So that you become that person that's able to say to the mountain you better get out of here Okay, or you can say to whatever that project is and say no, 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 I take possession of you And it's a prayer because you are declaring the word of god But it's not a prayer in the sense that you're like, oh god is it oh i'm not sure or you know, because that's just unbelief really And we can't babysit unbelief. We can't hide it into um fluffy doctrine We have got to rise up in response to the goodness of our God and we have to take the risk of our flesh thinking maybe there's disappointment, maybe there's not, whatever. There's more to be taken a hold of than shrinking back. So surround yourself with this revelation, surround your heart with it, meditate on it. This is the fasting and the prayer, right? We can fast away from certain thoughts and just fill up on those right ones. And I just pray that that has reached you today. And I pray that faith is rising in you as I speak, the true object of your faith and which will manifest out into the project of your faith, but continue to be a continuous informing presence that keeps drawing you to the core to the center of the one who delights in you hey thanks for hanging out today i know that there was something in there that grasped your heart and that's the part that i celebrate i'm so excited i was able to share that i just was like let's talk about this um i pray that the lord will open your ear to the one that is absolutely necessary for right now um and i hope that you'll share this because you know the goal again is to reach hearts homes, lives, all over the world. I know that there's so many hearts that are yearning to be reconnected. I Hearts that need something incredible to be done in them. And so I pray that you share it, subscribe, review if you haven't. I'd love to get your feedback. i love to hear from you, questions, answers, what it is that you want to hear more of. And I just trust again that your heart is built up. You are thinking again, you are being, receiving and being, and uh, we will connect on the very next one. Get your hopes up.